Welcome to the Chorus in the Chaos podcast. My name is Jack and I am, as always, well, not as always, because we've had a little bit of a break here in season two, but uh, middle of season two, but we're back. All three of us are back for one final mid-season bonus episode. I'm here with Blake and Grayson, and this should be a fun episode. Usually we have a detailed outline of all the stuff we want to say, minus a few jokes here and there. Today, there's no outline. Right. No no outline. No outline. What we have done is independently, we've not shared the information, uh, mostly, with, uh, mostly, but we've selected uh, five books, right? Each of us independently, five books that we think every Christian should read. Like if you could force a Christian to read five books, here would be the five books that each right. of us right. would pick. Yeah. And we haven't talked about it. So no, we, were purpose- on, we were purposeful on choosing, you know, five books. And so we'll see, there might be some bleed over. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Should be, should be exciting. So yeah, the a... premise, the premise, five books, if you could force every Christian to read them, yeah, what would they be? So, yeah. And did you have any criteria in picking yours, Jack? Like, was there any filter that you were running? Because um... obviously it's, it's tough to narrow five books down. Yeah. I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. I had you know, books that impacted me the most books mm-hmm. that I think are um, just have been insanely beneficial for Christendom, right? Like yeah. the, the esteem of them and the widespread okay. Okay. accolade yeah. of them. Okay. Uh, I did have a moment where I thought about trolling you two, that it might yeah. be funny to, <laughs> to pick a book just to mess with you two. <laughs> um, that did happen. <laughs> that did that did happen. <laughs> I thought better of it. Spoiler, right, that's four right, out of right. five of them. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. I had all three of those. Ultimately yeah. I kind of settled on uh a mixture of okay. a group of that. A so, healthy a healthy blend. Yeah. Yeah. Um but before we, we go any further, because I don't want to get too far and forget this, yeah. uh a good friend of the podcast who wished to remain anonymous sent us a handful of these books. He paid for them. And he even sent, uh, and it's unbelievably generous, sent a little bit of cash along with the books to me to help cover shipping uh, for our listeners as a quick giveaway here. So Mm -hmm. this is The Heart of the Reformation. It's a 90-day devotional on the five solas. It was a book that it kind of in the spirit of what we're doing today, it was a book that impacted him quite quite a bit. He wanted yeah, it to be it was yeah. like a five dollar Friday thing, and he was like, Hey, I want to give these out to people. So right. he awesome. bought them, sent them to us, and later in the episode, Blake is gonna give you the key word. <laughs> the secret the word the to secret put in word. the comments. And the first the person guy. he's the word guy. The first person to then type the word in, in the YouTube, comments of in the, the comments YouTube section. YouTube, yeah. We'll reach out to you. We'll get an address and we will send you one of these books. So thank you, anonymous awesome. donor. Yes. Thank very you. Generous. Thank you so much. Time. Thank you for doing that, Grayson. I'm yes. just <laughs> it wasn't Grayson. <laughs> it was not secret. No, my heavenly reward. Grayson, what were your criteria for the books that you chose? Um, well, mine were largely ones that were just personally impactful at various mm-hmm. points in my Christian walk. Some, one of them is one that I've taught through a couple times. And so, the more and more that I've talked through it, the more I've enjoyed that book. Another one, as I was considering um, just to call the ministry, was incredibly impactful. And then the other ones are more, you know, devotional style. And it was um, hard points in life, I guess, or just different points where I was studying yeah. something th- theologically in seminary. And right. yet, for whatever reason, it was never, it was not a point of devotion where it was just mm-hmm. a dry season and a hard one. Gotcha. 
So gotcha. I, I had a hard time in one way because I was trying to think of, okay, you know, the, the, what are books I could force everyone to read? And one of them, I'm like, that's a 400 page book, but right, right. I'd for, if I could force you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Heavy emphasis on the force. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Blake? Um, so I had, uh, I had narrowed it down to 11 books and then out of that 11, uh, I did kind of split it into two categories. So the ones I'm presenting tonight, uh, I would say most personally impactful mm. in my Christian life. The other ones, though there is a little bit of crossover, the other ones were more like formative kind of things. Um, so theologically shaping versus, um, maybe like devotional and, and growing. And so we're going to, so I'm going to kind of, um, of course, I, don't know, I still have them all sitting here, so I may do some switch over as we're talking. Wait, goes in know. monologue mode. Right. <laughs> so book number 27. Right. Number 25. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Who wants to present the first book of the night? Tell us, show us the book. Tell us about, it, tell us why uh, you like it. And uh, we'll go along. I'm I nominate Grayson. All right. Okay. I, I so second. My first choice then was The Bruised Reed by Burroughs. Oh, yes. Um, or actually not Burroughs. Gosh, I'm thinking of a different book already, but Sibs, Richard Sibs. So yeah. that book, um, I remember reading it probably five or six years just into being a Christian, and um, we were going through hard times at various points with, I don't want to get into all the details, but just some relationships that were around us were starting to crumble. And um, my own sin was just heavy on my heart. And mm. I was recommended it by a pastor friend at that time who just said, why don't you just pick this up? Um, he's like, you sound like you're not a guy who's trying to just, you know, get knee deep into sin. You're, you're literally yeah. just struggling. So mm -hmm. For me, it was instrumental in just being able to recognize there are times where you go through that, to use an old phrase, dark night of the soul, where you can listen all day long to the attacks of the enemy. You can listen to the attacks of even um, not so well-meaning people. But at the end of the day, when you are grounded in Christ, he will not crush the bruised reed, right? I mean, that's the whole point mm -hmm. of Sibs's work is that um, he lifts up the downcast and the weary, the, or the, yeah. the weary hearted, the heavy laden. Um, he says to all come to me and you shall find rest. And being able to simply rest in that fact that though I'm a sinner and a great one at that, and though I might mm -hmm. screw up all sorts of different relationships at different points, right. you know, things I could have done better things. Maybe I, I think I did well, but it was instrumental during that time of just being able to reflect on the fact that my heavenly father will never leave me nor forsake me nor, crush me. And even when I'm afflicted, uh, he does so with the utmost purpose of showing his love and his grace and kindness to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And it's, a, yeah, that's a great book. Great book for sure. Jack, what's your number one? Numero uno. Hang on. I got to reach over here and grab it. Just pulls out this monstrous book of. <laughs> Here's my set of reformed dogmatics. I don't know if you heard of it. Yeah. Uh, we did an entire podcast basically on this book. Um, so anyone who one. listens to the podcast could probably guess that this was this was going to be on. It. Blake is smiling. So Blake and Grayson were texting each other the books that they thought I would have, and I'm almost certain this one was on there. I was didn't it? put it on there. No. Really? 
No. no. Oh, my goodness. No. Oh, my goodness. Well, this book, if you missed our episode, Season 2 on Contentment, we talk yeah. in detail about the, the issue, and this book comes up a lot. Right. Uh, but for me, I've read, I read this book every year, every other year. I've read it a number of times, and it's just an incredible, an incredible book. Um, helping, helping Christians, myself, and specifically speaking to that, you know, in a personal sense, understand what it is to be content in Christ and how that really impacts you. It changes your life. Understand right. to be content in the gospel, to be content in the work that Christ has done. Like, yeah. I think our, our episode, I think we called it the superpower of Christian contentment because it, it, yeah. it's this unique, mm -hmm. truly a unique thing that only those in Christ can truly understand and benefit from. Yeah. Like the world it's, can be falling apart around you, and I'm not saying it's easy, right? But it's deep inside of you. There's this contentment. Right. Just, it's a rock. The rock you're leaning on the rock of ages. But right. incredible book. Anyone struggling out there with anything, um, or if you're not struggling, you will at some point. Right. Many are the afflictions podcast. of the righteous. Psalm yes. 34 says. <laughs> uh, yes. Rare yeah. jewel of Christian contentment. Jeremiah Burroughs. Buy it. Read it. Regularly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sorry. A very approachable uh, Puritan too. So if you're not yeah. used to reading the Puritans, um, great one. So my first book on top of my stack. Um, this is I don't know if you've heard of this one, "The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment" <laughs> by Jeremiah Burroughs. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was actually so, going to grab that one, and I I switched it out for the bruised read, and I'm like. No, we did talk a full podcast yeah. on this one. Basically, I was like, right. oh, it's so good. Right. So so the rare jewel of Christian, I mean, everything that Jack just said, I could just say ditto or I did, yeah. you know, point yeah. at the giant. I mean, again, if me personally, <clears throat> several seasons of my life struggling with uh, contentment, um, this is one of my most frequently read books as well, because it's mm. just really good reminders. Um, and it's a really great uh it kind of throws the brakes on discontentment when you, when maybe when you start getting feeling sorry about yourself uh, or things like that, or um, an ungodly unsettledness. Yeah. It is a wonderful, uh, wonderful book. And again, mm -hmm. uh, we talked about it extensively. If you haven't picked this up, you really, really should. So yeah. that's my one of five. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, that. On. That's a good pick. That's What's a good that? pick. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's now I'm, I'm the outsider. I'm like, well, I should have grabbed it. Guess I didn't. It's well, now, now, I, Jack, I've mastered, all the same books, aren't we? I've, I've mastered contentment. Right. You, don't need you actually anymore. wrote the book on contentment. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah. Jeremiah Burroughs a... wrote the foreword for Grayson's book on contentment. Posthumously. Yeah. Little known fact, yeah. I've been alive for ages at this point. <laughs> Grayson, <laughs> what's book two? Uh, Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. This oh, one okay. is never read uh, that. A, actually a fantastic little book. It's incredibly accessible. Um, most people, when they think Trinitarianism, they think heady theological work that I'm not going to understand, right? Or I'm going to struggle all the way through it. This mm. one is actually very, very accessible. But the thing I appreciated about it most was so I was reading, I mean, tomes uh on the trinity in seminary at this time and another one that was just recommended to me because it was just thick dry literature and it wasn't bad but um in my mind i'm like okay <clears throat> so i know that 
um, in my studies, there's aspects of it where you're just trying to get through it. But at the same time, I'd like to actually pull away some uh, spiritual sustenance right, yeah. from it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this book actually did that for me. In every which yeah. way, Reeves took it and he turned it to a point where you could now think about an aspect of the triune character of God or mm. one of the members of the Trinity and simply be able to turn that into praise or thanksgiving or uh, he had a way of just crafting the theological truth in such a way where your heart soared as you read it and no mm. other book on the trinity has actually done that for me wow. but it's yeah. very clear um he's a concise writer and so it was never difficult to track with him and best of all there's no heretical stuff in there too he's, he's solid okay. on it so right. he uses the water analogy yeah, a lot. Right. Yeah, the yeah. Trinity is like the water that's the frozen thing. <sighs> I wonder if any like Christian meme thing has made as much impact as that Lutheran uh, Donald and Connell video. Oh, of the, the Trinitarian. Of the, the Trinity. Trinity. I mean, because yeah. it's like it doesn't even matter like yeah. who you are, like what your denomination is. Like almost everybody has watched that video. Yep. That's you know, true. I've at least literally it, heard people at least that in we public. Know. Right. That right, I don't know. That right. are like, yeah. That's yeah. modalism, Patrick. Yeah, right. like, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Instant friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until you find out they're Lutherans. Then you don't yeah. want to play. Well, of course. Yeah, take we my like ball and go. Lutheran home. listeners. Well. <laughs> Jack, Jack, those kind of things like, make those kind of things make Jack uncomfortable. Yeah, he's like, "Would you, you know stop what doesn't make Baptists <laughs> independent <laughs> Baptists?" All right, that's what they do. Yeah. So, you know what doesn't make me uncomfortable? Like what? The what, Institutes Jack? of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. <laughs> See, which yeah. would be my, which yeah. would be book two. Yeah. Um, this one hits both. I for me, yeah. you know, the criteria like personally affected just kind of wide accolade. To me, this checks both both boxes. Yeah. It's essentially a systematic theology book, and you know, but it's incredibly readable, surprisingly readable if you ever sit down and do it. I think it can be a little daunting because it's it's big, right? Um, but what, one of the things that I tell people because Calvin, oops, sorry, I bumped the mic there. Calvin gets a lot of flack for being like this heady guy and right. You know, Right. He, he's so much more approachable than people think. Yeah. Right. And, right. and he's so much more devotional. Um, I know I, I didn't put it in here, but, but his, his work on the Psalms, if you've ever read like his commentary on the Psalms, mm -hmm. it's some of the best devotional material I've ever, like, it's incredible. Right. Well, there's right. Right. another so one he wrote. Yeah. I think it's like a little book on the Christian life and it is just a little book, but, um, absolutely wonderfully pastoral on every single yeah. page. He he gets such a knack for just being this heady guy, and and at right. the heart of it, he was actually he was a pa he was a pastor first. Like he was a theologian, yep, right. but he was a pastor first. And people miss that about him. And he wrote this book. I mean, Institutes of the Christian Religion. He wrote it for people so that they could understand the Christian religion. It was a pastoral right. attempt to summarize the doctrines of the faith yeah. to help yeah. mm -hmm. to help people. Like it wasn't just this. I'm going to write a a long book for the sake of writing a long book. Right. Right. It was, yeah. It, it was intended to be practical. Mm -hmm. So yeah, right. that's, that's a great pick. Yeah. That's a great pick. Uh, second book on my pile. Uh, this one has been both devotional and formative. Probably one of the most impacting books, and it's just barely over a hundred pages. Hmm. Call the Sabbath a delight by Walter Chantry. 
Hmm. Uh, it's about the Lord's Day and uh, the New Testament view of the Lord's Day. Uh, this book utterly rocked my world. Uh, this is what moved me from um, thinking that Sunday was a second Saturday to actually having a full biblical view of the Lord's Day. Very approachable. Again, it's just like it's just over 100 pages. Um, really, really, really fantastic uh, little book. In fact, when people ask me about like my views of the Lord's Day and, and things like that, um, which is you know, which is we're big on that. Like we're big on church yeah. attendance and uh, you know, the sacredness of the day and all of those things. Uh, a lot of that formation in my mind was through Walter Chantry. And then another little pro tip, and I think these guys would agree with me. Uh, when you go to like, I frequent used bookstores. Uh, one of my strategies is, is it's when you're looking at, you know, the, the binding of all these books, if you're not looking for something specific, um, it can be hard to just, you know, you got Rick Warren mixed in with, you know, all these other guys and stuff like that. You're trying to scam. Uh, one thing that I like to do, a little pro tip, basically anything from a banner of truth yeah. is a purchase. If you yep. don't have it, basically anything from banner of truth is a purchase. And what you have to do is you just look for that little Whitfield on the binder there. And uh, so I'm always scanning for that little guy when I'm at the used bookstore. And uh, I mean, sometimes there'll even be copies of stuff cheap that I already have, and I'll pick it up just so that I can give it away to somebody. So yep. little uh, used bookstore pro tip there. So anyway, my second book, Call the Sabbath of Delight, Walter Chantry. That's good. I've right. never read that. I'll have to pick that oh, up. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. You, would, you would like it. You would like I, it. I, I bet I would. He yeah. makes a really – so one of the things is he makes a really compelling argument – for the Sabbath day being changed to the Lord's day to Sunday is mm. a reference of the new Sabbath essentially. Yeah. Um, and he, he does it pretty well. He, he lays it out pretty well. So that's, that's a good <laughs> read for sure. Good. All right. So coming in number three, then for me would be this book, this gem help heavenward by Octavius mm. Winslow. Um, one of my favorite books of all time. It is, I have not read it. It is so, so good. Um, anything by Octavius Wenzel, I, I will automatically buy. So like you say, you look for the Banner of Truth yeah. logo. I do that too. I right. look for Winslow right. though too. Or if I see it, I'm like, I'll snatch it up. Um, what bookstores book, are you guys going to where you find like Banner of Truth? I don't and really oh, it's rare. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, yeah. oh, there's so many Banner of Truth books here. I can't carry all what of section them. of barnes and noble is that because i yeah. know <laughs> yeah you it's yeah. right next it, to the it, your best section. shot your best shot's like a used bookstore for yeah. that yep. kind of thing you know yeah um because sometimes i mean, uh, found that people will like um actually i was just at the used bookstore the other day and there was a guy um whose father passed away that was a christian and he just wanted to dump all the books off at the used bookstore you know because he didn't want them i mean there's you know hundreds of books and every yeah. once in a while in there, you can find, even if it's accidental, you can find gems in there. Sorry, I didn't, yep. didn't mean to interrupt you, Grayson. No, you're fine. I've done that at uh, estate sales every once in a while, too. Right. The saddest estate sale I went to was for a pastor, and I went there and didn't walk out with a single book because all right. of them were just garbage. And I'm like, I remember oh. you say, I, I remember when yep. that happened. You know, yep. that happened to me like three weeks ago, and I picked up a book that I thought I would give... <laughs> 
You know what? I'm going to go get this book. It's, it's right and it's over there. It's going to be my number three, right. and you're going to have to listen to it. <laughs> no, right. the listeners should the listeners well, should know about this. They should know about this. Hang on, Grayson. In the interim, actually, Grayson. Well, you, I was going to yes. say you go grab that book, and I'll talk about uh, help heaven work just a little bit. All right, I will be right. right back. Is there any way we can just kick him off? He's going to come back and hear that and be like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so help heavenward. Um, utterly fantastic. The the premise behind it is that in just the, the everyday weakness of the Christian life, um, you lose sight of Christ. And so I, I found myself literally being carried up to a point where I was, again, my heart was soaring, my mind was soaring, and and just being reminded of all all that Christ has done, who Christ is, what he has promised to do. And I don't even know how the heck I got there half the time. Mm -hmm. I would have to go back and reread like five pages just to see how he carried me from one point right. all of a sudden to I'm in, I'm worshiping as my son's cutting the grass and I'm just sitting on the lawn at the same time, watching him go back and forth. Right. But it was, <clears> a, <throat> it was an utterly fantastic read. Um, he goes through in various aspects of the Christian life as far as backsliding, um, depression, all those. I mean, literally whatever stage of life you might find yourself in, um, even in what you and I might call a good state. He makes the argument that you can always continually think more of your heavenly master and you can always mm. um, lean more upon Christ, but you need Christ's very help in order to, in other words, to actually get to that point where you are thinking of your Lord. Um, so it's, I mean, intrinsically devotional, but at the same time, he is a, a great way of just carrying you along theologically too. So, so Grayson, you recommend, so about three or four years ago, uh, we had, we were going through a hard time just individually. We had church, we were changing churches, we were changing I was changing jobs. Our kids were changing school. Like there was just this turmoil for about six months of my life. And you and I were talking to you, recommended that book to me and I bought it and read it. It was fantastic. Hmm. I'm so going to have to add it. I'm going to have to put it on my yeah. to-do list. So how big is that book, Grayson? I, it looked like, it seemed oh, like it was pretty. Uh... It's pretty manageable. I want to say, I mean, you're 180 pages. Or oh so. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's That's not too bad. Fun. Yeah. Very good. All right. So a few weeks ago, intermission story. This is Jack's intermission for Jack to complain about his friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was at an estate sale that was for a pastor. Yeah. And, and I was what like, what kind of the, pastor was he? He was not a good, well, I don't know if he was a faithful pastor or not. He didn't have a very good book selection. Also. Gotcha. So, and it was like, I, I walked in there and when I saw like what was going on, I was like, this could be a gold mine. Mm, Unfortunately, yeah. it was not. There was like a handful of books, but I saw this one set and it was this lovely set of books here. And I saw this and I thought, I bet great uh, Grayson or Blake would love this. <laughs> like I said, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy this and whichever one really wants it, I'm going to mail it to them. I have an idea. So Jack. I, Jack, I have so an idea. I bought, so I, I have bought an idea. Don't show it. Away. Let's the give encyclopedia it away. The, of, <laughs> the encyclopedia of Southern Baptist. <laughs> and I thought, Hey, they're Baptist. I bet they would love hey, this. Baptists love Baptist, Baptist phone book. Yes. Yeah, right. It's a two-part. Right. It's got a box. Look how nice that is. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I was like, hey, look what I got. Would one of you guys want it? Like, no. No. 
Jack, the moral story is Jack no would have rather either. had us. Jack would have rather <laughs> had us lie to him to save his feelings. <laughs> but now I have this thing, and I have no idea yeah, what to do yeah, with Jack, it. Jack, why don't you mail that out right. to me, and I'll throw it out for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jack, what is it called again? It's the Encyclopedia of Southern Baptist. Okay, that is the secret word. The Encyclopedia <laughs> of Southern Baptist. Uh, put that in the comments. If you're the first one, we'll reach out to you. Jack will send you a 90-day devotional as well as a copy of the Southern Baptist directory or whatever it's called. I'm not sending that. That'll that'll <laughs> cost like $50. <laughs> no one uh, wants it. Right. It was only like $2, so I'm really not mad. Yeah. But I really did think one of you guys would want it. I think, oh, that'd look cool on a shelf. But Yeah. 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 I'm so it happens sorry, when Jay. you're friends with Baptist. I guess. Yep. Bad, poor taste, I guess. Yeah, I know. Yep. Well, All what's right, your my, third book, Jack? Is it my turn? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mortification of Sin. Yep. 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 John Owen. Fantastic. We did another episode that touched on this quite a bit. Uh, yeah. My favorite Baptist, John Owen. Yeah. Hmm. That's debatable. <laughs> but uh, great book. Struggling with sin. I mean, it takes the seriousness of sin. It, it highlights... Yep the ugliness of sin and the importance of what it means to kill it, why it's so significant, how to do it. It gets, it's practical. Right. Um, really important book. It's another book I read not as frequently as rare jewel, but I've, I've read it maybe every three to five years. I pull this one out. I think I've read it three, three four five times. Like that. Right. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic yeah. choice. Yeah. Very good book. Um, my third book, uh, Spiritual Depression, Its Causes, and Its Cure by Martin Lloyd-Jones hmm. uh, has been an incredibly book. helpful book uh, for me. Uh, this is actually a collection kind of cut together of uh, 21 sermons uh, that he did. And uh, really the thrust of the book is um, how to spiritually attack, attack joylessness hmm. um, and that Christian joy is an airmark of being a Christian. Um, and yet so many Christians walk around depressed. Uh, now I know of course, depression is a, uh, hot button topic and I've got some hot takes on it. Uh, but this is just, again, it, it has been incredibly, uh, incredibly beneficial, uh, for my soul. Martin Lloyd Jones is very, very thorough. If you've ever read, uh, any of his, any of his stuff, um, and just, just really good. He just had a way of, of, of putting things, um, particularly with Christian joy, uh, that have been wonderfully helpful to me. So if you, if you battle, um, with, you know, feeling down or depressed, uh, or worthless or any of those things, this is a fantastic, fantastic book. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. I'll second that one. That, that is an incredible book. Very, yeah. very good. It's not on my list, but it's it's one that easily could be like if oh, you right, ask me yeah. you know yeah. if we did like a top 20 list we yeah. would probably have yeah a lot of yeah next episode top 50 books <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right my number 4 then also martin lloyd jones is preaching and preachers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so this one um it's born out of a series of lectures that he gave to his students at westminster 
uh, way back when, but they took the transcripts of it and put it together in a compilation for the book. There's also supplemental material as he uh, fine-tuned things while he was still alive in the original version of it, but um, just a fantastic book that, I mean, if you're looking to get into pastoral ministry and preaching, um, yeah. it should be on your shelf and you should you should read it just right. simply because it speaks of the sobriety and the holiness of the task. Um, right. But in a way that Lloyd-Jones could only do, I mean, he was a physician, so he is able to cut past a lot of the, um, I'll be slightly crass, the theological bullcrap that can be put out mm-hmm. by so many. And which, he, which he was dealing with. I mean, when he wrote uh, Preaching and Preachers, uh, that was that was a, a crazy take for his time period and his yep. place. I mean, to, to view well, while there were so many, uh, in England at the time, uh, or UK sliding toward liberalism and, yeah. and everything like he was like yep. one of the guys that was like, no, we need to take it back the other way. Uh, which, so it is a very impacting book now, but in its time, it was like earth shattering. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? But it's it's well worth a read. Um, oh yeah, fantastic. Yep, it's one I revisit every so often, just again to, for one, remind myself of what I'm called to do, and and taking the word of God seriously. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've never read that one. I've read a lot of Wood Jones. I've never read that one. Yeah, it's really good. It's yeah, really good. <laughs> yeah, and particularly yeah, if you're going into ministry, you it's a must read. Yeah, it's a must read. All right, book four for me. I don't have a physical copy. I loaned it out, and I just. So I have read the book. So <laughs> Jack, you're working so, real hard to convince us here. I don't know. Yeah. Own it. I've read it. I swear. Read it. No. Um, so I'm going to hold my hand up like this and maybe in the video, like yeah, there you to Photoshop it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the holiness of God by RC Sproul. Mm, yeah. That book, the first time I read it, it just blew my mind. Mm. The way, like, I can still, and if and if you never, if you're not even, a, you know, a big reader, I think you can go get the lectures on Ligonier.com. Just go listen to them. The right. book is basically a summary, a more in-depth study of those lectures. But my goodness, that book, the, the, the I think I've read it four or five times. I've done Bible studies through it. Um, it, it, I don't know, so, something about, about the book and, and the doctrine of God and how it brings out the holiness of God. It just changed me as a Christian. Like it made me. It made me not that I didn't take God serious before, but it made me truly understand. Like I think and he he really dives into that Isaiah six text, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yep. there's a whole exposition on that. But I never read the Bible the same way after that book. I didn't the things of God and the reverence for God and the significance of who God is and the person and the whole the, the holiness of God. Like after I read that book, I never. It was like. I can't take this right. lightly. Like it, it right. added a seriousness to my faith that was, that I didn't have, not that it wasn't yeah. there ever, but right, right. it stirred that within me. And I don't know, it was, it was a life-changing book for me in that sense. I've, I've heard well, a lot of people say that that book was like the gateway drug to reformed, uh, like the reformed world and hmm. reformed reading uh, for them. I mean, I've heard that several times. Um, I don't know if that was, the case for you or not. Yeah. I, I was already reformed ish. Like yeah. I was, I was a relatively new Christian, but I was, mm-hmm. I would have called myself a Calvinist, mm-hmm. but I, the, <clears throat> the bigness and greatness of God just truly hadn't captivated me yet. Right. Like the Lord right. was yep. stirring that in my heart. The Lord 
use that book to really yeah change that so yeah yeah i mean strongly recommend he's he's very approachable book and it's some of these books we're we've mentioned that were written you know 300 plus years ago whatever this book was written what 30 40 years ago right um, right yeah very readable very very readable and just an incredibly powerful book the holiness of god by rc Stoll. right um what are we on four book number four for me uh one of the most impacting for me of all books i've read in way of uh christian living part in particular has been donald whitney's spiritual disciplines for the mm -hmm. christian life that's a great uh, book. The, the kind of the premise that he lays out is that there's lots of things that Christians feel like they should be doing and that there's so many things that uh, it can actually be overwhelming and it can drown out the things that we're actually supposed to be doing. And so what he does is he goes through scripture and he says, okay, these are the specific disciplines that Christians are commanded to do and when you get like those 12 to 14 i think uh in the revised one there's a couple of additions um but when you get the 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 focused view of uh scripture reading and prayer and uh worship and serving and evangelism and these things and, and, and he puts it so uh, beautifully and clearly and it is thoroughly biblical when i saw that uh it actually helped in my like uh christian walk and christian living it actually helped every like every area i think mm -hmm. um there was no area that was left untouched mm -hmm. just by seeing okay what has god said uh is required of us and it actually and it actually helped cut out um things that i thought maybe were disciplines or things i was supposed to be doing that i wasn't doing that aren't even really mm -hmm. things that were commanded so um, yep. Yeah, so that's a really good one. And then there's also, <clears throat> this is like the old edition of it. There's a new edition of it. And um, <clears throat> there's a workbook too. So if you really want to work through something like devotionally, uh, they make a really great, uh, it makes a really great uh, uh, small group kind of study as well. And so, yeah, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, fantastic one. Yeah. And yeah. The, forward, the original forward was from J.I. Packer. And J.I. Packer said it's one of the best books that he's read on the subject. So mm. if, yep. if, if the word of Pac-Man means anything to you. I like Whitney altogether. I think he's just a, I mean, anything he writes in terms of spiritual disciplines, especially is gold. I mean, that's the praying through right. the Bible, right? Right, yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah, which is another life-changing one for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, last Grayson, book. Grayson, one more. All right. Make, us, make a good one for us. So this is one that I don't know if you guys have ever heard of as well. It's called The Cross and Salvation by Bruce Damaris. Nope. Um, so it was put out by Crossway as far as a, um, it's a biblical theology series. They go through theology proper, pneumatology, ecclesiology, all that kind of stuff. And this one's on Christology. So Doctrine of Salvation um, in particular within that. So what it does is it traces... First off, kind of like a historical development of the theology, and then it'll also break out into the major religious beliefs of our day, at least ones that affect us as Protestants. So you'll see him trace out what does a Roman Catholic believe, and what does a liberal Protestant believe, what does Presbyterian 
Presbyterianism hold to, Lutheranism, um, Baptist, whatever the case might be, mm. for at least those main subsets in each chapter. But he talks about things in terms of the extent of the atonement. So when you get to things like that, if you're looking for something that gives you at least an idea um, what the different viewpoints are in a helpful mm -hmm. but clear, concise way, and then what I would argue is um, biblically right, then he does that and then the remaining half of the chapter. So each chapter, he'll go through that exact same framework. It's edited by a guy named John Feinberg, phenomenal guy. He, John Feinberg's another name that few people actually know of, mm -hmm. um, but he's one of the most influential guys that's affected many of your other top guys in evangelicalism, <clears throat> as far as your faithful scholars. Did but, Rick Warren train him? No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. Just, so no, he's got thinking for of, him too. Uh, you're thinking of Jeremiah Burroughs, the Rick <laughs> oh, Warren trained. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But the reason I chose it is not just because it's it's a really helpful book in those regards. I'm just blowing right past it. Yeah. <laughs> but you stopped you stopped to take notice of it though. So yeah, you didn't yep. you didn't you didn't get out unscathed, Grayson. Well, Jack's yeah. talking no, again. No, not entirely. <laughs> I never can. Right. No, no, um, I have to say something. <laughs> the reason I, I picked it though is because it is it's written at, written at a lay level, but it is a more theologically dense book on salvation. And we've taught it a number of times at our church, and I've just found people that have been helped by it immensely so. Because a lot of people will read the first chapter, and they're like, oh, or not the first chapter, but the first part of it, dealing with everybody's wacky beliefs, right? Um, and I don't mean Presbyterians and Lutherans and all that within that, because most part, they're going to be Orthodox. But it'll trace, again liberalism and Roman Catholicism, things we disagree with in massive ways, um, they, they'll get confused in that portion, and they'll get swayed by other arguments. And then as we get to the second part, they're like, okay, so here's where, here's what I thought was actually true all along, or perhaps I didn't quite understand the shade of that doctrine on, um, you know, Christ's substitutionary atonement. So they're able to then learn and say, okay, so when I'm talking with my Roman Catholic friends and they're denying things like original sin, or they might use that term and say we affirm it, but it means a radically different thing for them, they now mm -hmm. have terminology they can go back with in their evangelistic discussions and their friendships nice. and family members. So it's profoundly yeah. helpful. Um, hmm. But he's also just a good author. I mean, he's coming from a Calvinistic background, so you know, heads up, obviously, if you're going to pick it up, know that. Um, but I found it to be just a good book. What and... was the name of it again? Can you say it again? <clears throat> Excuse me. The Cross and Salvation by Bruce Demarest. Bruce so, Demarest. Okay. This guy. That's good. Yeah, I'll have to pick that one up. I've, always, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's it's the one that's thicker. It's like 400 and some odd pages. Close to Ooh, five, but yeah. <laughs> just kidding. It's fine. I like long books. Yeah, good, good, good recommendation, Grayson. Thank you. So my last book uh, is a book I've not had long, but it I can't even get through it. It's the Encyclopedia of Southern <laughs> <laughs> Southern Baptist. It's really not. I was gonna say I started to bray. I was trying to be like not laugh, but it was. I actually had no idea that. where you were going with that. 
I shouldn't have laughed, man. I couldn't keep it together. I was going to say it's a book I've not had long, but it's a book that's really helped me understand my relationships around right. me. And, right. Um, no, that is that is a book I will never read. <laughs> I bought it for other people. Sometime I'll share the story about that. Well, have the so guy this book. That, the guy that wrote it's listening to it like, oh man, you guys are it's really like, what a blow. Uh, He's like, guys man. are really raking me over the coals right now. So the last book, uh, I did break character a little bit. Um, Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, not a theological book, uh, but I wanted some variety in there. It's one of my favorite books of all time. I yeah. read it. If you have know, every to couple pick, years. Uh, yeah, if you have to pick a non-theological work, I can think of another. Like Lewis wrote some pretty good stuff. Get out I like of the here. space trilogy. Get out of here. <laughs> space. So I, I actually thought about that. So the space trilogy, it's picked up uh, relevance recently. Because people mm -hmm. are thinking about our current, you know, political situation. Because they're thinking and of the, space. No, well, the the hideous strength. If you've never mm -hmm. read that one, it's the third book in the the no. space trilogy. Uh, Abolition not, of Man was basically written off of that one. So if you've read it, that one, yeah, it's I read it two it's or three a more years ago. It's, version. It's pretty insightful. It's pretty insightful. It, and it's you know he's he's basically explaining how evil will work through corporations and yep. Uh, politically just over, try and overthrow goodness. It's it's an interesting book. So I, I did like, so early on in my oh. Christian life, I did read uh, like the screw tape letters. And I yeah. thought like, ooh, this is spooky and good. Like I, I, I did, but it's been so long since I've, I've read it. And then a few years ago, um, people were saying, uh, you got to read Chronicles of Narnia because I had never read it. Um, and I did not like it. Mm. And I, well, to be fair, I do remember I had read uh, I had reread for, you know, because I've read them several times. I had reread Lord of the Rings. And then somebody said, oh, you should read Chronicles of Narnia. And so when you come off of Lord of the Rings, oh, they're totally and then like Santa Claus yeah. is showing up for some reason. It's like, no, I don't like this <laughs> at all, actually. Uh, but I powered through and I read all of them. And I just, I think that a lot of people are just nostalgic about them. Probably it's a children's book, right? Yeah. Lord of the Rings, though, to go back to my fifth pick, because I, I do think this is. Oh, I guess we're, I guess we're done talking about C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? See what book C.S. Lewis is not in. Anyway, Lord of the Rings. I don't need to say a lot. It's so well known. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just incredible. Such an incredible story. The Christian. Uh, themes and ideals are just pregnant within the book. There's such beautiful imagery. It's just deep. I mean, it's just an incredible. It's it's famous for a reason, right? Yep. Right. So. One of the beautiful things about that book is the good characters are good, and yes. the wicked characters are wicked. Yes. Yep. And there's none of this modern trying to. Oh well, he's bad, but he's just misunderstood. I hate that so much. Yeah. 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 I mean, no. like rings of power. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you can listen to the Rings of Power bonus episode that those guys did. Yeah. Um, my fifth book, closing down, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. No, just kidding, not really. <laughs> Jack, you get a little nervous. There. Um, no. So my last one, and this is again another very impacting book. Uh, a lot of times when we think about sin, we think about. Things like murder, adultery, lying, 
uh, theft, those kinds of things. Uh, the book by Jerry Bridges, Respectable Sins. Yep. Okay, Respectable Sins, Confronting the Sins that We Tolerate. Again, absolutely rocked my world because there's these little, uh, what he puts forward is that there's these little pet sins that we say, well, it's not that big of a deal or we excuse them away when actually scripture says that they are a very, very big deal. I'll just, just quickly here, I'll just read you some of the, the chapters here. So he starts off, I mean, I'll read you the, the contents, not the chapters. Chapter one. It's turned into uh, an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> this is now an audiobook of Jerry Bridges. Um, but he talks about, you know, the, the how serious sin is, obviously, to begin with. Um, and then he says, uh, so like chapter seven, for example, ungodliness, um, anxiety and frustration, discontentment, unthankfulness, hmm. pride, selfishness, lack of self-control, impatience and irritability, anger. Uh, then he goes and then he expounds upon that with the uh, weeds of anger. Uh, is what he calls it, a judgmentalism, envy, jealousy, and related sins, sins of the tongue, and worldliness. Mm. Uh, and again, this book, it's it, very approachable. It's got a study with it uh, as well yep. uh, that you can do. And if you really want to dig deep, like if you want to break up some fallow ground in your heart, um, Respectable Sins is a really, really good book for that. Yeah. No, I remember when I read that book, it tore me apart in all the right ways. Right, right. Yeah, because he doesn't just beat you up. Yeah, he doesn't just beat you up. It's a, it's a, um, here's the problem. Now let's see this sin conquered. And of course, a a good book will make you more mindful, you know? And so when you read about worldliness, then inevitably you're going to be more mindful of worldliness in your own life, you know? And so it's really good, really good book. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So one one honorable mention I'll toss out there. I don't know if you guys want to do an honorable mention. It's, it's kind of like <laughs> I'll six do an honorable books. mention. Yes, yeah, we'll yes. do an honorable mention. It's just kind of for fun. Um, I won't say a lot, but Valley of Vision. I, I had it on my list. I took it off my list. I had it on my, no, list. Yeah. It on my list. It's a collection yeah. of Puritan prayers. It's just it's not maybe not one that I'd force every Christian to read, but it's a book every Christian should have. I think mm-hmm. if it's a, if I could do that because it's one that you want to pull up at appropriate times. And you open it up and you look in the table of contents and it's got, you know, prayers for specific needs. So if you're struggling with something, if there's a significant event, if something is happening, you can flip to that prayer and it's just wonderful meditations for the heart. So again, maybe not one that I would say every Christian should, should read, although it wouldn't hurt by any means. Um, One that you should have and, and be able to, to, to reference in, you know, when appropriate. Definitely. You know what we didn't preface this whole conversation with? That when we were talking about picking these five books, we did say the Bible can't be one of them. (laughs) So this whole time, somebody's been listening for like 47 minutes. None of these guys are going to say the Bible. (laughs) Not one of them. Yeah. Do you have an honorable mention, uh, Grayson? I do. Um, Augustine's Confessions. Oh, yeah. What'd you say? Augustine's Confessions. Can you imagine doing that? The Bible is an honorable mention at the end. Like, (laughs) oh, oh, (laughs) it's like worse than not doing it. This didn't quite make the top five here. Yeah, that's a little long. It's a little long. Yeah, for me. No, Uh, uh, I got a little gaggy just then. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I threw up a little bit in my mouth. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, Augustine's Confessions. It's just again not one I think I'd force everybody to read. But it's incredibly, um, it's a wonderful 
coming of faith story with St. Augustine, or if you call him Augustine, however you pronounce his name, whatever. Um, I read it when I was maybe two years into being a Christian, and then I read it again in seminary. But it's it's incredibly relatable, because here you have an, a weighty figure in all of church history who had a very um, rebellious childhood and got smacked upside the head by God at different points and came to right. faith in um, kind of a shocking way. And for me, I, I had a shocking testimony. So it was, I'm like, okay, so here's a guy that was, you know, influential in the church and had a very sordid past. So I, mm. I actually am forgiven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and in my right. mind, I'm like, so I can still do something for the kingdom. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I actually never read that. That's one I've never read. I've just never gotten around to it. Have you read yeah. it, Blake? Yeah, oh yeah. 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 A couple times. Never, I'm yeah. well aware of it. I've just never sat down and done it. It's right. an easy read. Right. I mean, it's an autobiography, yeah. basically. Yeah. 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 He does get a little um I don't know, he does get a little uh poetic, you know. So it's not like a it's not like a modern read. But if you're used to reading old stuff, it's it's definitely approachable. Yep. Yeah, great, but a great book, yeah. Um, so here's my honorable mention, okay? Um, we're well aware of the sin of laziness, right? And what a major problem it is. But we don't often think about uh, the sin of being overly busy. Hmm. And so uh, there's this little book. In fact, it's called A Mercifully Short Book about a really big problem, Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. And it is yep. a very short, very short little book. Uh, and essentially, we are probably the most overstimulated, overstrung out, overscheduled people yeah. that have ever lived. Like, like, by and large, there's so many things pulling for our attention. And um, it's hard to find the balance of the, the best things in life, the things that you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and just... and emptying your schedule out for the things that are right. Now, the nice thing is, is this is not just a bunch of time management tips. Uh, there's biblical principle to actually get to the heart of uh, being overly busy. One of the things uh, that Kevin DeYoung asked in the book uh, that I actually have written in the front cover, because it was just a really impacting thing, was to ask the question, am I trying to do good or make myself look good? Mm -hmm. You know? With being over and being overly busy and over and over scheduled, I mean, how many times is that a pertinent question? Yeah. You know, oh, there's yeah. helpful reminders in there that, uh, like, Jesus didn't do every like Jesus didn't do it all like in his earthly life. Like there were people that were following after him to be healed, and he went across and went to another town. You know, mm. I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. You know, he knew when to pull away and pray and when to rest and when to do all those things. He was busy, but he wasn't sinfully busy. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a really great, uh, I think, an, a good honorable mention. Uh, there's a little companion book that's not meant to be a companion book that goes with this. Second honorable mention, I guess. I don't Tyranny have it with me right now. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Crazy. <laughs> no. Uh, crazy busy. Uh, and then... Um, uh, Tim Challies wrote a book uh, called Crazy Lazy, which is mm -hmm. kind of the other side of yeah. of laziness. So, you know, if you get those two little books, um, they kind of address both issues. So. Perfectly anyway. balanced as all things should be. Yeah, right. There you right. go. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, we need to make that meme with just those two books on either side of the little <laughs> thing. 
of the little purple fella. What's his name? Grimace. Never, I don't watch Marvel movies. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I honestly can't remember what the guy's Thanos, name is. Thanos. Oh, yes. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I it. don't even know how to pronounce. I've never heard it said. Yeah. I've just seen it. it. Yeah. Anyway, Somebody. Go. Heath is like. <laughs> and everyone listening is like, who's, who's Heath? Heath? Yeah. Heath? Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, well, thank you for listening to our uh, to our little bonus episode here of five books that we wish we could force every Christian to read. We will be back very, very soon with the next episode, the next formal episode of season two, and it will be called Ministering to Your Unsaved or Lukewarm Spouse. Yeah. Um, and as a reminder, we're working through common struggles of the Christian life. And before we took our break, we touched on biblical masculinity and biblical femininity. And as we were discussing these issues, this topic kind of birthed itself. Like, hmm. how do you deal with, with this situation when you're close to someone, in this case, a spouse, right. who isn't living out or trying to live out the, the true biblical definitions of femininity or masculinity? So we'll right. be back soon with that episode. Um, yeah. Anything else, guys? Nope. That's all I got. No. Okay. One more right. Thanks so much the, for uh, Baptist Encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, please somebody take this. So For one small payment of nineteen ninety five. Yeah, so it's a two this volume, beautifully hard bound and cardboard wrap two volume set. <laughs> you know the one thing that I will say, and we can close on this. This box is so beaten up. I bet this guy, that guy, read this all the time. Because look how beat up this is. But I just you probably use it as a doorstop, Jack. <laughs> <laughs>